Camille Cusadio notes. Admissibility and relevance of evidence. Section 51, NRCD 323. All relevant evidence is admissible except as otherwise provided by an enactment. Tormek B. v. Ahibel 1975 2 GLR 432. If inadmissible evidence had been received, whether with or without objection, it was the duty of the trial judge to reject it when giving judgment, if he had not done so, it would be rejected on appeal, since it was the duty of courts to arrive at their decisions upon legal evidence only. Mensa and others versus the Republic 1979 GLR 52. The general rule governing admissibility of evidence was that only evidence which was sufficiently relevant to an issue before the court was admissible. Evidence was relevant if any two facts to which it was applied were so related to each other that according to the common course of events either taken by itself or in connection with other facts proved or rendered probable the past, present or future existence or non-existence of the other. The fact that J.H. Mensa had taken a government loan was not probative of any of the facts in issue because the charge was on sedition. Relevant evidence is evidence with probative value and a material connection to the facts. DPP v. Kilbourne 1973 AC 729 per Lord Simon of Glaisdale. Evidence is relevant if it is logical, probative or disprobative or evidence which makes the matter which requires proof more or less probable. Section 179, NRCD 323. Relevant evidence is evidence, including evidence relevant to the credibility of a witness or hearsay declarant, which makes the existence of a fact which is of consequence to the determination of the action more or less probable than it would be without the evidence. It is evidence which tends to prove or disprove a material fact in issue. A judge has no discretion to receive inadmissible evidence. Amo v. Arthur 1987-88-2 GLR 87. It was the duty of the trial judge to reject inadmissible evidence which had been received with or without objection during the trial when he came to consider his judgment, and if he failed to do so that evidence would be rejected on appeal. Because it was the duty of the courts to arrive at decisions based on legal evidence only. Exclusion of relevant evidence. Section 52, NRCD 323. Relevant evidence may be excluded by the court on the following reasons. 1. The probative value of the evidence is substantially outweighed by considerations of undue delay, waste of time, or needless presentation of cumulative evidence. Nana Kufo Addo Dankwa and two others versus John Dramani Muhammad, others 2013 2 SEGLR. 2. The risk that the admission of the evidence will create substantial danger of unfair prejudice or substantial danger of confusing the issues. Bonzu alias Bingillo versus. The Republic 1999-2001 GLR 199. Normally all relevant evidence was admissible. However as provided by Section 52 of the Evidence Decree, 1975, NRCD 323, the court should exclude evidence, however relevant if it was prejudicial against an accused. Total Ghana Limited vs. Thompson 2011-1 SEGLR 458. The said document that was admitted in evidence, despite objections from counsel for the appellant, in our view, not only offends against the hearsay rule contained in Section 118 of the Evidence Act, 1975 NRCD 323, but was prejudicial to the case of the appellant within the intendment of Section 52 of the same legislation, and ought not to have been received in evidence at all. R. Versus List 1966-1 WLR 9. A trial judge always has an overriding duty in every case to secure a fair trial, and if in any particular case he comes to the conclusion that even though certain evidence is strictly admissible, 
yet its prejudicial effect once admitted is such as to make it virtually impossible for a dispassionate view of the crucial facts of the case to be thereafter taken by the jury, then the trial judge, in my judgment, should exclude that evidence. 3. The risk, in a civil action, where a stay is not possible or appropriate, that the admission of the evidence will unfairly surprise a party who has not had reasonable grounds to anticipate that the evidence would be offered. Section 53, NRCD 323. Character evidence is generally inadmissible unless. 1. In a criminal trial the accused offers such evidence to prove his innocence, or the prosecution leads such evidence in rebuttal of the character evidence led by the accused. 2. Where in a criminal trial, such evidence IRO the victim is offered by the accused or the prosecution to show a connection between the victim and the alleged crime. 3. Where such evidence is offered to attack or support the credibility of a hearsay declarant. 4. Where such evidence is an essential element of a charge, claim or defense. Abagavi and others versus the Republic 1971 1GLR 428. In Ghana, as in England, the rule is that the prosecution are generally not allowed to give evidence of the accused's bad character or previous convictions in order to help establish that he committed the crime in question. The main reason for this rule is obvious, for if it were otherwise, an accused person in a jury trial would, more likely than not, be condemned, not on evidence adduced at his trial, but on prejudice stemming from his previous convictions and general bad character. Section 56 NRCD 323 where after an event, measures are taken which, if taken previously, would have made the event less likely to occur. Evidence of the subsequent measures is not admissible to prove negligence or culpable conduct in connection with the event. Section 57, NRCD 323. Evidence of a plea of guilty, later withdrawn, or of an offer to plead guilty to the crime charged or any other crime, is not admissible in a civil or criminal action involving the person who made the plea or offer. Section 117 NRCD 323. Hearsay is generally not admissible. Illegally obtained evidence. Per common law, relevant evidence isn't made inadmissible because it is obtained by illegal means. R vs. Lethem, 1861, 8 Cox CC 498. It matters not how you get it, if you steal it even, it would be admissible in evidence. R vs. Sang 1980 AC 402. A judge has no discretion to refuse to admit admissible evidence on the grounds that it was obtained by improper or unfair means, except in the case of admissions, confessions and evidence obtained from the accused after the commission of the offense. Karuma, son of Kanui vs. R 1955 AC 197. The accused was charged with unlawful possession of ammunition. Jeffrey vs. Black, 1978, 1 Aller 555. Officers improperly searched the accused's home and found weed. He was subsequently charged with possession of narcotics. The accused put up in his defense that his house was searched illegally. The first court ruled out the evidence of the search as inadmissible having been illegally obtained. The appeal court held that the mere fact that evidence is obtained in an irregular fashion does not owe itself prevent that evidence from being relevant and acceptable to court. Any court has the discretion to decline to allow any evidence brought by the prosecution if they think it will be unfair or oppressive to allow it. At common law, the duty of the court is to decide whether the appellant has committed the crime with which he is charged and not to discipline the police for exceeding their powers. Fox vs. Chief Constable of Gwent 1985-3-392. A judge has the discretion to exclude illegally obtained evidence if 1. The prejudicial effect of the evidence outweighs the probative value. 
R. Versus Zhang 1980 AC402. What the judge at the trial is concerned with is not how the evidence sought to be adduced by the prosecution is obtained, but with how it is used by the prosecution at the trial. It is not the manner in which the evidence has been obtained, but its use at the trial, if accompanied by prejudicial effects outweighing its probative value and so rendering the trial unfair to the accused that will justify the exercise of judicial discretion to exclude it quit. 2. It taints the constitutional rights of the accused. Rafael Kubiji v. Michael Yeboisair and others, sued No. JG 04-2017 unreported, dated 28 February 2018. The second leg of the question referred to us is whether the recording which we have held to have been obtained in violation of the constitutional rights of the superintendent minister ought to be excluded from the evidence being led in the case, despite the fact that its contents are relevant to the matters in contention as to the grounds upon which evidence obtained in violation of human rights guaranteed in the 1992 constitution may be excluded, our opinion is that where on the facts of a case a court comes to the conclusion that the admission of such evidence could bring the administration of justice into disrepute or affect the fairness of the proceedings, then it ought to exclude it. ACA versus Agricultural Development Bank, suit no. J431-2014 unreported dated 19 December 2017. In coming to the conclusions we have come to, we are not unaware of the requirements in Section 51, 2, of the Evidence Act 1975, NRCD 323 which stipulates that quad all relevant evidence is admissible except as otherwise provided by an enactment. Quad. However, these are all subject to the constitutional provisions. 3. It is obtained oppressively, by false representation, by a trick, by threats, by bribe, anything of the sort, such that it will be unfair to admit the same as its admissibility could operate unfairly against the accused. Ahinkora vs. The Republic 1968-GLR 625. It was unlawful for a police officer to trap a person, provoke a crime or commit an offense in order that an offense by another might be detected. But it was not unlawful for the police to feign participation in a crime in order to observe and obtain evidence. The evidence here did not establish that the senior officer trapped the appellant or committed an offense in order to detect an offense. What the officer did amounted to feigning participation in the crime in order to observe and obtain evidence. Admissibility of fresh evidence on appeal. Fresh evidence is generally not allowed on appeal. The courts, however, will allow fresh evidence be adduced on appeal under the following instances. 1 where the evidence was neither in the possession of the applicant nor obtainable by the exercise of reasonable diligence or human ingenuity before the impugned decision was given by the lower court. Poku vs. Poku 2007-2008 SEGLR 996. If there were to be a wide discretion in the Court of Appeal to allow the adduction of new evidence in the interest of justice, whether such evidence was available at the time of the trial or not, this would constitute a serious inroad into the principle of policy and good sense evidence available at the time of the trial should be adduced then in an application to lead fresh or new evidence, the first criteria is whether or not the evidence sought to be adduced was not in the possession of the applicant party or was not obtainable by the exercise of reasonable diligence or human ingenuity before the impugned decision was rendered. It is only when this first hurdle has been surmounted that the court should proceed to determine the other pertinent question of whether or not the intended evidence would have a positive effect on the outcome. The application is not granted on compassionate grounds, neither is it meant to give the slowly a second chance at rebuilding his or her case. 2. Where a material evidence that might have altered the conduct of the trial was discovered only after the trial. 
Karakari vs. Wyeth, 1982 83, GLR 864 per Justice Giagi. The general rule was that each party in an action before the court must produce all the relevant and material evidence in support of his cause of action. The court would not permit a party to produce his evidence piecemeal in a series of actions, litigation must have an end. However, there were a few exceptions to the general rule, and one such rule was where a material evidence that might have altered the conduct of the trial was discovered only after the trial. 3. Where to accept such evidence would be in the interest of justice. 4. Where the evidence is presumably credible. Ag versus Marshall 1952 3 Air 745. It must be shown that. I. The evidence could not have been obtained with reasonable diligence for the use of the trial. I. The evidence must be such that if it was given at the trial, it would probably have an important influence on the result of the case, although it need not be conclusive. E. The evidence must be such as is presumably to be believed or ow, it must be apparently credible but it need not be incontrovertible. Authentication and identification of evidence. Section 136, NRCD 323. Where the relevancy of evidence depends upon its authenticity or identity, such that authentication is required as a condition precedent to admission, the requirement of authentication may be satisfied by evidence or otherwise. Sufficient to support a finding that the matter in question is what its proponent claims. Methods of identification and authentication include the following. 1. Section 137, NRCD 323. Where the witness does not oppose the admissibility of the object, it may be presumed that he has admitted it. 2. Section 138, NRCD 323. Authentication or identification may be by any of the means provided by an enactment or the rules of court. CL 47, OR 38, RA 2. A deposition purporting to be signed by the person before whom it was taken shall be received in evidence without proof of the signature of that person. 3. Section 139, NRCD 323. Authentication or identification may be by testimony that a matter is what its proponents claims. 4. Section 140, NRCD 323. To authenticate or identify handwriting, a witness who is not an expert on handwriting may state an opinion whether the handwriting is that of the alleged writer if the court is satisfied that the witness has personal knowledge of the handwriting of the alleged writer. 5. Section 141, NRCD 323. Authentication of signature, handwriting, seal or fingerprint may be made by comparison with a genuine specimen by a witness or the court itself with a specimen, which has been proved to the satisfaction of the court to be genuine. 6. Section 144, NRCD 323. Authentication or identification may be by evidence of distinctive characteristics, appearance, contents, substance or internal pattern. 7. Section 146, NRCD 323. For an ancient document to be held to be authenticated, these three conditions must be satisfied. A. It must be in a condition which does not create a suspicion concerning its authenticity. B. It was in a place where, if authentic, it might be expected to be, and c. It is at least 20 years old at the time it is offered. 8. Section 147 NRCD 323. Evidence may be authenticated if it is established that it is consistent with the process or system of its production, and the product is the natural outcome of the system or process. 9. Section 148, NRCD 323. 
for public record, report or statement to be held is authenticated, the following conditions should be satisfied. A. The report or record should be shown to be a public report or record. B. The report should be one that is required to be filed and has actually been filed. C. The filing was in a public office or from an office where such items are required to be filed. 10. Section 162 of NRCD 323. For the admissibility of public reports, the following conditions should also be satisfied. A. Such reports should be filed in an office. B. The office should be one where such documents are regularly or required to be filed or kept. C. The copy has been certified to be correct. D. The certification should be made by the person who normally has custody of that document or a person authorized to certify such exhibits. E. The certification is authenticated. 11. Under NRCD 323, the following are presumed to be authentic. Where issues arise relating to their authentication, they may be regarded as authenticated by statute, as provided under NRCD 323, Section 138. A. Attested Writings, Section 150, NRCD 323. B. Books, Pamphlets, Gazettes and Other Public Publications, Section 151, NRCD 323. See Law Reports and Statutes, Section 152, NRCD 323. D maps made produced by a public entity such as Official Survey Maps, Section 153, NRCD 323. E Constitutional Provisions, Acts, Decrees, Laws, LIS, CLS, ELS, since they are gazetted and the gazetting makes it authentic. F Reference Books which bear no semblance of suspicion IRO authenticity, Section 155 NRCD 323. G Newspapers or Periodicals, Section 156 NRCD 323. H Acknowledged Business Marks or Inscriptions of Business, Section 157 NRCD 323. I Writings with the Certification of a Notary Public, Section 158 NRCD 323. J. Seals of a government department agency or an international public agency, Section 159 NRCD 323. K. Domestic official signatures, Section 160 NRCD 323. I. Foreign official signatures, Section 161 NRCD 323. Objections to evidence. Section 6, NRCD 323. In every action, and at every stage, any objection to the admissibility of evidence by a party affected thereby must be made at the time the evidence is offered. The objection to evidence shall be recorded and ruled upon, mini trial war dire, by the court. If a party fails to object timeously, that evidence would form part of the court record, and the parties would be precluded from complaining about the admission of said evidence on appeal, unless said evidence had occasioned a substantial miscarriage of justice. Arya and Kakpo v. Aildrizu 2010, SEGLR 891. If a party looked on and allowed the inadmissible evidence to pass without objecting, it would form part of the court record, and the trial judge would be entitled to consider it in evaluating the evidence on record for what it is worth. B.C. and others v. Tiberi alias Azair 1984-862-GLR 282. The party objecting hoes a duty to do so at the time the evidence is offered. Edward Nasser and Company Limited v. Groom and Anor, 1996-97, SEGLR 468. If a PRDF oiled is required BYT he evidence decree, 1975 NRCD 323, 
S61, TO object TO the admission of evidence which in his view ought not to be led, he would be precluded. To complain on appeal or review about the admission unless the admission occasioned a substantial miscarriage of justice. Section 8, 178-2, NRCD 323. Evidence that would be inadmissible if objected to by a party may be excluded by the court on its own motion. In applying Section 8, the court must consider whether the party is represented by a lawyer. Edward Nasser and Company Limited v. Groom and Denor, 1996-97, SEGLR 468. Under Section 8 of the Evidence Decree 1975, NRCD 323, the court must exclude evidence which was inadmissible per se. Having regard to Section 178, 2, of the Evidence Decree 1975, where one of the parties in a suit was unrepresented by a lawyer while the other was so represented, the court might, in the exercise of its powers under Section 8, exclude evidence led to establish unpleaded material facts, especially where such evidence would be prejudicial to the case of the unrepresented party. Asante Apia v. Amponsa alias Mansa 2009 SEGLR 90. The Evidence Decree, 1975 NRCD 323, S8, empowers the appellate court to reject evidence which ought to have been rejected at the trial court. This section has been used in a number of cases to reject inadmissible evidence admitted at the trial court, even if there was no objection to them when they were first tendered. Erroneous admission or exclusion of evidence.